The following is an actor portrayal. With Kindly Assisted Living and Memory Care at Asbury Methodist Village in Montgomery County, you can anticipate more. But don't take our word for it. My dad moved to Kindly and loved it. His apartment was spacious, sunny, and overlooked Parkland. It was a great comfort to me to see him always smiling and involved in the life at Kindly. Enjoy quality on-site nursing and rehab services, too. Visit Kindly at Asbury.org today. Equal Opportunity Housing Provider. Hey, MEAC fans, it's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion? Welcome to the Fantrax Prospect Toolshed. If you love prospects, you came to the right place, as that's what this show is all about. Covering all levels of the minors to help give you an advantage in your dynasty leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clegg. All right, prospect fanatics around the world, welcome to the Toolshed. This is episode four of the Fantrax Prospect Toolshed with Clegg and Cross. I am your host, Eric Cross. You can find me on Twitter at EricCross04 and all my written work exclusively on FantraxHQ.com. Joining me, as always, in the Toolshed is my esteemed co-host from Fantrax HQ, Mr. Chris Clegg. You can find him on Twitter at RotoClegg. What's going on, Chris? Yo, Eric. Man, it's good to be back. Just excited again to talk about some more prospects that are on the rise, looking at some pitchers tonight, and that's Always exciting. We have a long list that we are stoked to, <laughs> to hype up that could be on the rise this season, coming 2021. So looking forward to tonight. As am I. This could have been, like we were talking about it earlier, but how many more names each of us could have added to the list we had. We started with like, was it 10 or 12? And then our list just kept growing and growing. We're like, oh, we got time for like one more each, one more each. <laughs> um, so we're not sure exactly. I'm not going to say a number what we're going to get through. We have a long list. We'll get through as many as we can. It'll be at least 12, probably more like 14 or 16, but we'll see how many we can get through here. But yeah, plenty of good uh, pitching prospects on the rise right now in Dynasty Leagues. So these, these will be kind of like our favorites that we'll pick from here. Um, but before we get into that, and we'll, you know, the usual housekeeping to get to here, um, one thing that we tweeted out yesterday, Chris found it on uh, Chartables, which was it Chartables, is that what that site's called? Or is it, yeah, Chartable. Um that just puts out all like trending podcasts and stuff in different categories. And uh, we were, when Chris texted me last or been Saturday night, uh, we were 53rd trending podcast in the fantasy sports category in North America, which is just ridiculous. And we're now up to 38th at the time of this recording, Sunday night at about 9.20 p.m. Um, and the fourth uh, fantasy baseball podcast on that trending behind Rates and Barrels uh, CBS and um, Rotographs, which is Sleeper on the Bus. So, just again, I know we say it every show, but thank you so much for all the support through this uh, first three episodes. And now, this our fourth episode. Now, you can plan all you want and you can think it's going to go well, but until you actually get going, you never know. And just the, the support and feedback has been incredible. So, it's a big thank you to everyone out there uh, for you know supporting us as we get going here. It's been a blast and we can't wait for this episode tonight. And um, 
Follow, of course, follow our podcast on Twitter as well. In addition to us, you can find our podcast at Fantrax Toolshed. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or your preferred podcasting platform. Some personal plugs here, some Fantrax HQ plugs. Uh, over the last week or so, Chris had an article on Gavin Lux come out. Uh, two different 162-game sample articles on some hitters that have had really good uh, last 162 games. And his top 150 hitter rankings for 2021 are out as well and updated uh, recently. For me, I had an article on Will Smith, kind of looking to see if he could be the number one catcher in fantasy pretty soon and overtake JT Rio Muto. I did some uh, 14 NL West breakout prospects. And uh, as on Monday, when everyone will probably be listening to this, my updated top 250 prospect rankings will be out as well. So check out all of those and then all the other great podcasts we have on Fantrax. Get my other pod, the Five Tool Podcast, Triple Play Podcast on campus, Kick Around, Fantasy Hockey Life, and the IDP Podcast. All right, let's get into it, Chris. Before we do, though, um, we, before we get into all these names, let's talk a little bit about what you and I each look for in a you know breakout or prospect that's on the rise. Kind of the certain characteristics or tools we might look for. Uh, so, what do you look for when you kind of identify a uh, breakout prospect here on the pitching side of things? For sure. So one thing that I like is obviously to see a pitcher that knows how to command his fastball and control it well. Like that's obviously a big thing is if they can command it where they want it to go. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that as we look at some specific players, because I think that command and control are actually two different things, um, but they're both important to have. Also, I want a pitcher that's got a good feel for his changeup or at least an a off-speed pitch. Like, you've got to be able to counter that fastball with something. Obviously, uh, you're looking for a guy that has a nice pitch mix. If they've got a four-pitch mix, like, that's a huge plus. But command is just becoming so much, much more important now, like, more than ever, as you look at these guys like Shane Bieber who really take off. And one of the guys that I'm going to mention tonight is a similar mold to, to Bieber. Now, we're hesitant to comp anybody <laughs> to Shane Bieber who right. was the best pitcher in baseball this year. But command control are huge. Also, I noticed when I was looking through these guys, a lot of these guys are um, from the 2019 class. So they only had a small sample of professional ball in 19. Then we didn't have any uh, minor league in 2020, which kind of hurt some of their stocks to some extent. So a lot of these guys just haven't been able to show their true ability in professional ball. So that was something I noticed and kind of stood out when I've looked at both hitters and pitchers that could be on the rise. And what about you? Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. Command is something I've been focusing on more and more as I've you know been writing and, and analyzing prospects um, over the years here. That's a reason why yeah, another I got another one that I could consider kind of in that Shane Bieber mold uh, that I'll talk about later tonight. That's just plus command arsenal. Um, that and I love, you know, and going back to fastball command, you mentioned that too. That's why a guy like Matt Manning went from – you know, a really good pros- pitchy prospect with upside to, you know, one of the top pitching prospects in the game was that in addition to the d- development of his changeup as well, that fastball command, he went from just throwing hard to being able to locate it. And it's, he's still not, you know, Shane Bieber-like control or anything like that in command, but you know, he's able to locate that fastball a lot better. Um, I also like, you know, I like at least three pitches that you can, you know, that you can attack hitters with. Seeing these two-pitch guys like Tyler Glass now just, you know, they, they look great. You know, Glassdown's fastball curveball combination is ridiculous. But when one of those isn't working, 
you know, <laughs> to be a long outing. So um, I like seeing at least three pitches, um, the breaking pitches too. You know, Nate Pearson's a great example of this. I like them. You can bury in the zone or locate it in the zone and bury it below the zone. You know, Nate Pearson's slider is a great example of that. You know, he can bury it and get you the chase, but he can also land it for strikes too. So that, you know, you can't lay off at all the time. So he'll drop it in there at, you know, need a thigh level for a strike. That's another thing I've been looking for as well. And I think that was a great thing you mentioned about the 2019 class. You know, with 2020 not having a minor league season and just having, you know, select pl- prospects at the alternate site, um, you know, that did suppress a lot of values, especially those guys that just got in the pro ball. So this is actually, you know, while it kind of sucked that we didn't have a minor league season, um, robbed me of, you know, dozens upon dozens of games that I, I usually would go to, it, d- it does create some uh, some great values here that we'll talk about Um so, so that's good for fantasy baseball, but bad for real life baseball. But you know, you, you find a silver lining in things, I guess. So, um, but yeah, let's get into the prospects here that we think are on the rise. And Chris, who was your first guy? You know, it's kind of funny that I mention about control and command with this first guy I'm going to talk about because obviously those are big factors. But this is a guy that actually lacks that. That really needs to work on that development in a sense and. This pitcher, prior to the 2018 draft class, was potentially going to be the first high school right-handed pitcher taken first overall, and that is Ethan Hankins of the the Cleveland Indians. Now, I've been a big fan of his since high school. Um, He was a a local guy around me, saw him pitch before, Was just love what he offers. So instead, he had shoulder tightness, pushed him down a little bit. The Indians end up drafting him 35th overall. The health issues seem to be past him with the shoulder. Obviously, shoulder issues are never a good thing. But in 2019, he had no issues, um, pitched the full season, reached single A ball. Now, his fastball is his best pitch. Uh, sits 92-95, gets it up to 97-98 pretty regularly. Does become difficult for him to command it, though, because the movement on it. He gets such insane sink and run on this, this fastball that he has trouble sometimes commanding it because he doesn't really know where it's going. So again, I mentioned that that is a red flag, but the stuff is here. So some concern for Hankins coming out of high school was his lack of a breaking ball. He didn't have a reliable breaking pitch. But in 2019, we saw a curveball that sometimes looked like his best pitch. I mentioned the fastball being really good, but the curveball also flashed that potential of being very, very good. And his changeup, he gets a lot of movement, like I mentioned, high spin rates. His his changeup features a nice sink action. And I think it has the potential to be a better than average offering. And he also features in a slider. So he's got a four-pitch mix here. Uh, three pitches that I really like. And the slider is still a solid offering that's still developing. Like I mentioned, control command is a concern. The control is probably well below average right now. And if he wants to hit that ceiling that he has, because he has frontline starter ceiling, he's got to get the command and control at least to average. And I think this is something a lot of high schoolers struggle with. So it's okay. Like we we want to see him grow into that, and that's something I'm really going to be watching in 2021 with Hankins. Is can he hone in that control? He's got a very athletic six six frame. Uh, many scouts believe that this is a possibility that he gets the command and control to average. If he does, the ceiling's there. No question that the ceiling is there for him to be an elite starting pitcher. I think that if you see him come out early into 2021 and he's showing consistent command and control, he's really going to take a big leap in prospect rankings. Most, most rankings right now, I see him sitting in the 100 to 120 range, but 
he's got the stuff to really move up. So Hankins is a guy I like, and on all these guys, I try to write out like a rough estimate of what I think they could be like peak wise. And I think that if Hankins hits his ceiling, he's looking at something like a, a three, five ERA pitcher, the control and command, a little concerning. So you're going to see the walk rate probably not be great. It's like a 1.25 whip and over a full season could see him hitting 210 to 220 Ks. Like that's the potential if all of it comes together. So I like Hankins a lot. Again, might be a boomer bust play, but he has the potential to, to be a great value where he's going right now, of where he's valued, I think. So you could get a, get him lower, and he could really be a riser in 2021. I definitely agree with that one. I was looking at my prospect ranks. I have him 118, so right in that 100 to 125 range you were mentioning. Uh, yeah, and, and he, at least, you know, you mentioned he's boomer bust, but at least he's in a great system to, you know, I think you know, with Cleveland – they they tend to get the uh, the boom over the bus more often than not. So really feel good, you know, real feel good about him in that system. I'm gonna go out west here for my first. I go uh, 2019 third round pick Jack Kochanowitz, uh, big big right hander. You'll you'll see a trend in my uh, my picks that a lot of them are like six four to six six uh, with a lot of projectable um, frames. So um, that fits Kochanowitz right there. Six six two twenty. Hasn't made his uh, minor league debut yet, obviously, because he was drafted 2019 and then um, no 2020 season. But did get a little bit of work at the alternate site later in the season. He's throwing bullpens and some simulated games and whatnot. So did get some work there. Um, and like, you know, a, a lot of other guys you'll see on this list, you know, Kachanowicz has a big, he has a two-plus pitch combination with him. It's the fastball and the curveball. Um, also mixes in a solid changeup with good depth. And he's already added velocity since 2019 draft. Um, he was sitting kind of like 91, 92, 93. Now he's sitting more like 92 to 95, touching 97. He's added a little bit of bulk, it looks like, um, since the draft. And that curveball was sitting uh, kind of the low 80s, but high spin, good depth. Um, definitely, you know, both of those are definitely plus offerings right there. And the great thing, too, about Janowitz, it kind of uh, goes with what we were just talking about with breakouts, is, you know, the Dodgers had him focusing this year a lot on the fastball command, especially at, at fall instructs, along with repeating his mechanics. Um, so that that bodes very well. I like that they were having him focus on that. Not that he had like bad command beforehand, but it was definitely an area to work on um, to get that fastball even better than it already is. Um, and for a 6'6 guy, he's very athletic, very athletic delivery, good extension, gets a nice downhill plane on that fastball, good riding life at the end. Just really love that projectable frame. Love that, you know, he's going to have three, you know, I think, and I think the changeup, it flashes above average. Um, it's always, I think speed is his third pitch no matter what, but I think it can at least, you know, be an average pitch, flash above average at times when he's really, really on with it during starts. Um, but this is a potential for three above average to plus offerings. Um, he's going to get a lot of strikeouts. This guy is going to be a big strikeout guy. You know, mechanics in the secondary is, you know, they still need some refinement, but. You know, the upside here is very, very high. Ceiling of kind of like a, you know, if everything breaks right and he reaches ultimate ceiling, maybe a back end two, more likely a high end three. Um, but this is a guy that can, you know, eat up innings, get, get you a lot of strikeouts. Um, and that's something I really like, really like out of him. So um, I'm getting all the stocking continuance I can because his dynasty price tag is still very, very low. You don't see him ranked high, you know, often on lists. I think I have him in the, right around the 200 range, and I'm probably one of the higher ones around on him. So uh, definitely a great buy right now in Dynasty Leagues. 
Oh yeah, I agree. And it's surprising that the more people don't talk about him, but like you said, buy now, because if the, if he really takes off, the price is going to rise a lot. So if you get on these guys early, it's a huge win for you. So I like that Chanowitz pick a lot. I'm going to go back to the Indian system because they are elite at developing starting pitching. And another guy out of that system that I like a lot is Daniel Espino. And again, he comes from the system with a long track record of developing elite starting pitchers. He's a very similar makeup to Hankins, actually. He was the Indians 2019 first round pick at 24 overall. Um, Like Hankins, he has an elite fastball, sits upper 90s, regularly reaches triple digits. He has he uses the four seam and the two seam pretty often. Actually, he gets nice run action on the four seam and the two seam has some pretty heavy sink to it, which is nice. Adds in a potential plus slider to his arsenal and it keeps hitters sitting from sitting on that fastball. Excuse me. So they keeps them off of that pitch a little bit. So they're not sitting on the fastballs heavily. And he also features a curve. I would say the slider is uh, much more developed than the curve at this point, though, but it's still a great pitch. Um, the changeup right now is still a developing pitch, but I think could become average in the future. Um, like Hankins, control and command, another inconsistency, which is funny that I mentioned I'm looking for a command and control because my first two guys <laughs> don't feature that at all. So you Going, going against the grain here, Chris. You, you may be questioning me right now. Uh, but again, young high school arm, definitely the potential here for, for that to develop. Um like Hankins, I think he can really get his control and command to average. With that stuff, he has the makings of a, a number two, number three starter, I think. Um, potential number two if it all comes together because the stuff that he has on his pitches and a um, nice uh, five-pitch mix there, actually, which is which is very, very encouraging. Uh, if all comes together, I'm looking at Espino, something like a 3.6 ERA, 1.2 whip, 200, 210 strikeouts over a full season. So, very productive starting pitcher. That's This is if they hit what I think they can hit like with the ceiling, and that would be like a peak season in their career. So um, I don't obviously ever want to project a guy to have like a Cy Young season, but it's kind of just what I'm looking at there. So I like Espino. think that he can get that command and control to average or better and end up being a, a great starting pitcher for the Indians. Spoiler alert, Chris's next guy is going to have a walk rate of like 85%. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, seriously, no, I, I love Espino as well. Uh, I think he has the highest upside of anybody in that 2019 class, which wasn't really like greatest, you know, uh, in terms of top talent. But you see, like you mentioned, there's a lot of guys on this list. So what a rising talent. I think Espino might have, you know, the highest upside from that class. I'm going to go out west here. And if you know me and realize this is a breakout pitching prospect article, you know I had to talk about my boy, Blake Walston, big, big lefty um, for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And when you look at his frame, like it just screams projection. He's listed at 6'5, 175. I think he might have had a little bit of bulk since then, but uh, not, a, not a ton. Still a lot of physical projection on that frame. He was the Diamondbacks' first-round pick last year, 2019, 26th overall, another 2019 draftee. Um, currently sits in the low 90s with good life on that fastball, touches mid-90s. Great extension on that delivery, too. It creates a nice downhill plane. And you got to think he's going to add bulk here. Like, it would be hard for him not to add bulk. Like, then again, he could just be, you know, a Chris Sale, you know, body type. That is very much a possibility. But, you know, I, I got to think he adds bulk here. So you think with added bulk, 
probably gets him up, you know, into the mid nineties, maybe even touches higher than that. So, you know, that's at least we're looking plus fastball. He, he commands it pretty well too. That's the thing with Blake Walston. While he was a, you know, a high school arm that's still only 20 or still only 19 years old, very, very polished for his age. One of the more polished high school arms from that draft class. And one of the more polished 19 year olds you'll, you'll see in the minor leagues right now. So I right, think he can command that fastball with solid life on it. So be easily a plus pitch, maybe even more if he adds more velocity to that. You know, out, out of all of his secondaries, his best secondaries easily is curveball. Big, big looping plus curveball, one to seven break. Great depth on that. Also mixes in a slider and a changeup, both of which, you know, they're behind, but they should, you know, each one of them projects as right around average, major league offering, changeup flashes more than that at times. You know, hopefully he can, you know, develop those two a little more, especially the changeup, get that to be, you know, an above average pitch that flashes plus. That'll just make him even more dynamic. Um, like I mentioned he's an above average command and control each of them, um, which I love to see from a young arm. And you'll see it in general, but especially from someone this young that already has that type of command and control. You know, gotta love that. Uh, I actually put out a tweet a week or two ago, kind of like a fun little tweet projecting the top 20 starting pitching prospects in 2022. And I, and I rank Walston 16th in that. That's out of, out of all pitching prospects in baseball. I was, right behind Edward Cabrera, D.L. Hall, right ahead of uh, Ethan Hankins and Hunter Green. So that just shows how much I like Blake Walston. I think he could be a number two starter at, at best, maybe a high-end number three. Um, and that Arizona system has a lot of pitching talent and depth. I think he might be the best one. So uh, I'd recommend, highly recommend, go out and get Blake Walston wherever you can, Dynasty Leagues. Yeah, I like Walston a lot, and I'm going to stick here in Arizona for my next guy. It's a guy that I actually think is going to contribute a good bit in 2021. So it's I'm flipping from the younger high school guys to a 24-year-old prospect in Corbin Martin. Martin was formerly an Astro, and he was sent over to Arizona as part of the Zach Granke trade. Um, in three seasons in the in the minor leagues, uh, Martin posted a 2.58 ERA, 210 strikeouts, and 192 innings. Flown severely under the radar, in my opinion, and he just looked dominant. He made a couple. He made five starts with the Astros in the big league club. Um, wasn't what we hoped for, but again, first experience in the majors, you can expect some rough patches. Um, he did have Tommy John right before he was traded, actually, and so I think it was interesting that the Diamondbacks were willing to trade for him right after he had TJ. So I think it shows what they think about him and the the potential value that he has. He has a great fastball. Um, like the other two pit- pitchers I've discussed, he's he's got an elite fastball. <laughs> Sits 94 to 95, tops out at 98, has really solid run to it. He also misses a lot of bats with his breaking pitches. His, his changeup steadily improving, but again, a four-pitch mix here. It's a big deal. You look at the guys that have two pitches and how often they bust. Look at look what happened to Chris Paddock this year. He was unable to get his third pitch, and it just wasn't good results. People called on to the fastball, hit him hard. So having more than two pitches is important. When you have four pitches, look at Zach Gallon. Zach Gallon has four pitches that he mixes extremely well, uses equal amounts, and it works well. Anyway, I'm going on a tangent there, but look <laughs> for guys that – have good pitch mixes. Martin has that. He has a very repeatable delivery. He's showed much improved command before he had TJ. 
in July of 19. So it was steadily improving throughout his career and was finally looking really good um, prior to that injury. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes back. Um, There's always a question mark with Tommy John guys, but I think that he's definitely a candidate for a back-end rotation spot with the Diamondbacks in 21. I think he could be a sneaky add in both Dynasty and Redraft Leagues. He's got that potential. He's he, I'm not going to say he's got frontline starter potential, but number three, number two potential, like he's got it. He's not going to blow you away with strikeouts, but he's going to put up probably like a strikeout in the inning, solid numbers. Um, looking at something like a, a 3.8539 ERA, maybe like a 1.22 WHIP with like 180 Ks, like if he pitched a full 180 inning season. So again, that's hard to project, hard to project guys inning. So it's hard to project strikeouts, but I'm looking at like a guy that can give you about a strikeout in the inning with solid ratios. And that's a guy that right now you can get pretty affordable. Like he's not going to cost you a lot to get in dynasty or even redraft leagues this year. So I'm looking to Martin and looking at the guy that you can buy very affordably. Yeah. And another point here, I'll bring up about Corey Martins when he, back when he was in the Houston system, he was more highly thought of than like the Fran Valdez's and the Christian Javier's who two guys that came up this year and performed very well for, uh, for Houston and especially in their playoff run. And Framber is even a borderline top 100 pick going into 2021 too. So um, yeah, definitely a lot of upside there with Corbin Martin. He's a guy I've liked for a while as well. But my next, uh, I'm actually a group two guys together here. Was, I wanted to talk about like three or four Dodger arms, but I'll pick just two and kind of group them together here. First of which being Jimmy Lewis, 70th overall pick from the 2019 draft. I get a feeling there's like two-thirds of these guys from the 2019 draft. There's definitely at least four or five more I see in this list, just glancing over it that we have here. But yeah, Jimmy Lewis, 70th overall pick, 2019. Another guy that hasn't made his MLB or minor league debut yet, excuse me, because he kind of had a partially torn labrum going into the draft. Dodgers still signed him. Luckily, that didn't require surgery, just some rest and rehabilitation. Uh, Lays I heard he was doing well with his throwing. Um, another, you know, I mentioned earlier, big righty, 6'6", 200, when he was drafted, and has since added about 15 to 20 pounds of bulk. I still think there's a little more physical projection there as well. Um, fastball plus fastball, low to mid-90s, good riding action. Curveball also flashes plus. Uh, showing around an average changeup so far. Um, I think he, you know, probably could develop that pitch a little more. That would be great. Um, to pair with that fastball, curveball. Um, and if he keeps adding bulk, too, like I said, there's still a little more projection on that frame. Wouldn't surprise me to see his fastball velocity tick up a little more as well, maybe in the you know, mid-90s sitting, you know, touching the upper registers. Um, and he's got great movement on that fastball as well, above average command of it. Um, so that could push, push his fastball higher than plus. Maybe not, maybe not the double plus, but um, definitely easily a plus offering. Another guy, pretty solid command and control. Um, as well, and that, that might even take up well uh, as well, because he hasn't really had a lot of reps due to, due to the, the labrum injury I mentioned. So once he gets more consistent reps on the mound and some game action here, um, once he gets further away from that labrum injury, you know this might be a guy that you know you see that command and control tick up as well. Um, so lo- love the mix here, love the three pitch mix, love that he's in the Dodger org. Um, like I said we're one of the best organizations in general for developing players. Um, so really love him. He has mid-rotation upside. And then the other one, Kendall Williams, second-round pick uh, by the Blue Jays in 2019, and was traded over to the Dodgers as one of the two players to be named later in the Ross Stripling deal. 6'6", 205 with projection. You know, book it. Another one of those guys. 
Um, he really is the upside to make Toronto regret dealing him you know, in that deal. Already has a load of Manani's fastball, great downhill plane, uh, thanks to his height and higher release point out of a three, uh, high three-fourth, three-quarters arm slot, excuse me, uh, plus fastball. Uh, I think he's going to add some more velocity to that as well. Uh, curve, big curveball with good depth on it. Changeup flashes 55 at times. I think you know, he needs to be more consistent with that, but it's got some good fade and depth on it. Um, brief In his brief 2019 debut, really, really impressed. Uh, 16 innings pitched, allowed six hits, three runs, seven walks, 19 Ks. Now, I mentioned this in my NL West breakouts article this week, which he was a, uh, a part of along with Jimmy Lewis. You know, getting an arm with this much talent into one of the best player development organiz- organizations in baseball, you know, and that puts the uh, the arrow next to his name firmly trending up. So um, definitely go grab both of these guys and, and Ryan Pepiot as well, another great arm in the system. So I'd be going after these three while everyone goes after Josiah Gray. So I think they almost can be just as good as Josiah Gray. So definitely go out and get Kendall Williams, Ryan Pepiot, and Jimmy Lewis. All right, let's go to a, take a break now. We'll come back, and we got plenty of more arms to talk about, so don't go anywhere. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. All right. Welcome back from the break. We've already talked about a half, about a half dozen uh, arms on the rise here. And we got at least another half dozen for you, maybe even more if we can fit a few more at the end time wise. But Chris, who's your next guy? Another 2019 draftee, and that is uh, Ethan Small with the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, he is another guy with a bigger frame, towering over my five foot nine frames. He is six foot <laughs> four, 215 pounds, lefty out of Mississippi State. And Small had Tommy John in 2017, lost that entire season of college ball. But when he came back, he was quickly the ace of the staff there in the SEC with with Mississippi State. Um, He struck out the most hitters among any pitcher in the NCAA in 2019 with 176, so quite impressive there. Um, He was also dominant in his short season debut with the Brew Crew there, posting a .86 ERA and with 36 strikeouts, four walks, and 21 innings. Actually, he lost a decent amount of velocity upon returning uh, from Tommy John. The fastball sits now between like 88 and 92, which isn't always great. I think he can regain some of that with time, being on the weight program. I, I do think he can see a tick up in velocity. But regardless, the velo actually plays up a bit. If you watch him, he gets really nice extension uh, from his delivery. And he features at least above average command, if not better, with the fastball. The the command and control got better when he returned from Tommy John, which is another interesting thing. A lot sometimes a lot of guys struggle with that upon returning, but he actually got better, which is impressive. Uh, the fastball again generates a lot of whiffs, induces very weak contact regularly. Kind of makes me think about like a Max Freed, like how he induces that weak contact with his fastball. Uh, Small also features a change in a curve curveball, which can be average or better there, in my opinion. Keeps hitters on his toes with those off-speed pitches. Um, and I mentioned he lost a little bit of velo since having Tommy John, but the command and control 
have been very much improved, which is, again, like I mentioned, something I look for. Um, he pounds the zone well with all three of his pitches. I don't think he has the upside of an elite frontline starter, but he does have an extremely high floor, very high floor, and I think he can be a number three starter in the future, which, again, can provide you solid numbers in fantasy. He's not really looked at among top prospects yet, but the potential is definitely there. And so with Small, I'm looking at a guy that I think can be like a 3.9 ERA. He's got good control, so maybe a whip around like 1.2, maybe a little bit lower. And again, a strikeout in inning, maybe a little bit more if he continues to show that. I mean, he's the last several years he has shown the strikeout ability, so that number could jump up a little bit. But I think Small has the makings of a solid pitcher and a nice arm that gives you a nice floor, even though you're not looking at a future ace, like potentially with Hankins could, like what he could be. And there's still a lot of potential there for for Small to be a great starting pitcher. Yeah, he's one of the the few bright spots in that Milwaukee organization. Um, but yeah, I like Small as well. Antoine Kelly's another one I like in that system too for pitching prospects. Um, and look at what we have here: another 2019 draftee. And in fact, this was the first arm taken in the 2019 draft, and Nick Lodolo. And he's the one I was mentioning earlier that could be you know another George Kirby type. George Kirby type, a uh, Shane Bieber type mold here. Um, you gotta love the command and the control that Nick Lodolo has, plus command, plus control. That's what he's really known for. But you know that that's no shake to his arsenal as well because you know, he's got three pitches that are all that project as above average to plus. Uh, with that, you know, with that command and control, it's elevating the effectiveness of each offering. They um, say he, he kind of you know goes under the radar a little bit. Because he's not as flashy as the other, you know, some of the other big arms in the class, like Espino, like a, like a Jackson Rutledge, those types of guys. They're a little bit flashy, but Lodolo is the safest bet from that 2019 draft class to have, you know, elite production and to have, you know, really solid production at the major league level. Fastball sits more so in the low 90s. Nice downhill plane on it. Now his curve, you know, he was a curveball, which I've seen some people call it a slider. Whatever you want to call it, it's a plus pitch, kind of low 80s, big, kind of like he's a lefty. So kind of like big two to five, not two to five, uh, 10 to five break, 11 to five break. Um, that's definitely a plus pitch. Change up, again, above average, solid fade and sink, kind of in like the low to mid 80s as well. Good velocity separation. His arm speed is great. He's very deceptive. Um, a lot of things, you know, a lot of things to like here. Uh, listed at 66205, but I, I would. I'd say he's probably a little bit above that, maybe 210, 215. I think he's added a little bulk recently from what I've seen. Um, still a little bit of projection left in that frame, too. So maybe he does add a little more bulk. Maybe the fastball ticks up. Who knows? Uh, regardless, you know, he could be, you know, I know I'm kind of the comp I'm thinking of here is, is a righty, but kind of think of like Aaron Nola, the fact that, you know, Nola doesn't blow anybody away. Yeah, he's the fastball pretty solid, 93, 94, or something like that. But, you know, he doesn't hit 97, 98. I don't think Lodolo will be that type of guy either. But like Nola, just the fact that he can locate that fastball so incredibly well makes it, you know, more effective than more than most of the you know upper 90s fastballs that you'll see these days. So um, really like Lodolo. You know, he's already been excelling in the minor leagues. I mean, he made eight starts in 2019 uh, between the Pioneer Rookie League and Single A Midwest League. 245 ERA, 098 whip, 14.7 strikeouts per nine. He had 30 strikeouts to zero walks. 
30 to zero. <laughs> it just shows that pro command and control profile. I just mentioned um, this would be a guy that he's never going to walk a lot of guys. Good amount of strikeouts as well. Um, he's just one of those guys that's just really good. You know, kind of a gallon. Now gallon goes on. He's finally getting the respect he deserves, but you know, it's because he's not flashy. Now he, you'll probably always get him a, a better value than what you should, but now he's one of the better left-handed pitching prospects in the minor leagues and definitely on the rise and should be up pretty soon. Um, probably some point in 2021, mid to late season. So I'm um, definitely an arm to look at, you know, off the wire next year. And one of my favorite trending arms in dynasty leagues right now. Oh yeah. I love that pick a lot. So sticking with the trend of 2019 guys, there's another 2019 first rounder, another lefty in Zach Thompson. Thompson was the Cardinals first round pick out of Kentucky over there in the SEC, another SEC pitcher. Thompson's got a very strong frame, a nice four pitch mix there, which gives him, I think the potential to be a mid rotation type of starter. He actually worked out of the bullpen uh, in his professional debut, which is interesting, but I still think he projects as a starter long-term. He gets his fastball up to 96, 97, but usually actually sits in the lower 90s. One of his weaknesses is keeping the velo up later in starts. I think that's one reason we saw him in the bullpen early on, just to try to build up the arm strength a little bit because he does struggle to keep his velo up when he pitches deeper in the start. So I want to see that improve um he also features a mid-70s curve that i think is a potential plus pitch there and it mixes in an average slider and change as well with that what i do like is that he mixes all four of those pitches really well he pitches very consistently around and in the zone he probably possesses a little more control than he does command and i mentioned i want to explain that i wrote that down here when i was looking at saying that he has more control and command. So what I mean by control is that it's the pitcher's ability to throw strikes, not necessarily within any particular location in the zone. So if you see a, like a a chart, like of the zone and you see wherever the pitch chart all over, as long as it's in the zone, that's control. A pitcher's ability to throw strikes doesn't mean it necessarily commands it well, but it means he throws strikes consistently. Now command is the pitcher's ability to locate certain pitches, either in or out of the zone. So that means he throws it where he wants to throw it. He knows where it's going to go. And that's what I mean when we talk about command, when we talk about control. Like, in a way, they kind of correlate, but at the same time, they're a little different. So when you're talking or reading about prospects, like, that's important to see the difference there is both control and command, and both those are very important. And so Thompson, again, I mentioned that he has good control. Like he throws strikes very consistently. I think that he's probably looking at the makings of like a number three, number four type starter here. Um, I'm looking at a guy that probably sits around like a four ERA with like a one, three whip, maybe like 170 Ks over a full season. So a solid starter. I think that he could be on the rise this year when we see him, over a full season. So I'm looking forward to watching him in 2021. As am I. And, and that was great that you pointed that out. Cause I think that's a, a common you know, misconception or confusion. People just think, Oh, command and control are the same thing. It, they're not. I so said, somebody put like control is throwing strikes. Command's putting the ball where you want to. And, you know, a lot of times I look to command a little more control. Like you mentioned, both are important. I think if you have great command, that control should follow suit 
more so than, you know, if you can throw strikes, but if you're not putting it where you want to, you know, a fastball, you know, up you know, on the outer half is different than a fastball dead center of the plate, even though they're both strikes. Um, so definitely, you know, great that you, you, you cleared that up too. So I think that's uh, a common question I've gotten on Twitter over the years as well. Um, my next guy here, um, I'm going to the Mets. One of my favorite, one of my favorite arms from the, I think the, everybody from here on out, I was looking at our list. I think the rest of the guys are all 2019 except for like two, but <laughs> um, Matthew Allen uh, was, he was one of my favorite prospects um, before in the 2019 draft uh, bef- before it started. Um, didn't really have the great um, results. You know, he had 261 ERA, but you know, 145 whip walked a bunch of guys in his brief uh, 2019 debut. Um, still very young. You saw a video of him uh, at Instructs a couple weeks ago, and this, this looked absolutely just sharp on point. Uh, not quite as big as the guys I'm mentioning. I think everybody I've mentioned could be playing like small forward in the NBA. But uh, Allen, he's a big, big frame, though. Big athletic frame, 6'3", 225. Potential for three-plus offerings. you got to love that. A mid-90s fastball, sharp riding life. Um, really loves to attack the top of the zone. He'll live up there. Um, and this is where that life, you know, you think you can, you know, square it up and then the thing just blows past you as it rides right past the bat. Um, throws a low 80s curve, big break, really sharp break, too. I love that. He can throw a thing for strikes, too. That's, you know, the, the command of an of a breaking pitch. If you have command of your breaking pitch. I like guess one thing is to throw your curve or your slider below the zone all the time. But if you can also land it for strikes, like I mentioned with uh, Nate Pearson's slider, that elevates the pitch even more, pushes it past plus levels at times. I wouldn't say his Allen's curveball is double plus, but definitely at least a plus offering, uh, maybe even a little bit more than that. And uh, also mixes in a changeup above average, flashes plus, good velocity separation, a little bit of fade and tumble on that as well. Really easy mechanics too, repeatable delivery, very smooth throughout. You know, this is one of my one of my favorite arms from that 2019 class. Uh, another couple in this Met system too. I really like Josh Wolf, Robert Dominguez. So a lot, of, a lot of good young arms in this Met system. And hopefully, they a couple of them can pan out for Mets fans that are still feeling the sting of Jared Kalenic leaving town. Um, maybe some of these pitching prospects will help alleviate that a little bit. But uh, yeah, definitely, I think Matthew Allen's the best of the bunch, at least of the of the younger guys. And I think he could be, you know, upside of a back end two, high end three. A lot of strikeouts, kind of a bulldog mentality, really tax hitters. So I think he'd be, you know, 10 to 11 Ks per nine, pretty solid ratios, mid three ERA type of guy um, with not, not a lot of uh, the walks might be a little higher, um, but I don't, I don't think it'll push his, his whip too high. So uh, definitely a guy that could be, you know, a guy maybe you have as your third or fourth fantasy starter down the road if everything works out. But it's a couple of years away, but definitely one of the more exciting young arms um, in this system and in, and in baseball too. So. Um, and one that doesn't have a huge price tag yet. So definitely a great get in dinosaur leagues. Oh, for sure. And as a fantasy player, I like Allen a lot. As a Braves fan, <laughs> not overly excited about Allen uh, pitching in the NL East for, for the future. That's like me with my last couple of guys that we talked we talk about coming out of the AL East and out of one team in particular where I'm like, God, I love these guys. They're so exciting. I'm like, crap, my Red Sox are going to have to face them like, you know, five to 10 times a year, which sucks, but it's a struggle, man. It really is. Right. <laughs> sometimes I have to take fandom out of fantasy for sure. You, you got to, it's hard, it's hard, but you yeah. got it sometimes. Yeah. So this next guy is probably one of my favorite pitching prospects there is. Um, 
he's a guy I really think is going to take off this season. Our buddy Jake Devereaux is also really high on him. I've tried to poach him <laughs> for this guy in our 30-team dynasty league, and Jake Jake will not give him up. That is George Kirby. Kirby, yet again, another uh, 2019 pitcher taken by the Mariners out of Elon University, kind of local here to me in North Carolina. It's not too far away. Um, Kirby has a great six foot four frame, uh, four pitches that all have a chance to be above average. Fastball is arguably his best pitch, gets up to 97, 98. And as he adds strength to his frame, I think he could consistently sit in the upper 90s regularly. He has two distinct breaking pitches in his slider and his curve. Curveball being the slightly better pitch right now, um, he has a great feel for his sinking changeup as well. But the best asset of all is his command and control, which are both plus or better. Crazy. But in 2019 at Elon, he struck out 107 batters while walking just six over 88 innings. Yes, just six batters in 88 innings. Quite impressive. When he made his short season debut in 2019, professionally struck out 25 while walking a whopping zero. Elite, elite, elite. This is what I'm looking for. I finally got here after saying <laughs> we were looking for this. We have found the guy who has this command and control. And Kirby is a guy that I really think can take off. This is the exact path that Shane Bieber took. And many never thought that Bieber would take the step to be the elite starting pitcher. He was. He was just the control and command guy. But look what he's turned into. Obviously, we don't want to comp him to Shane Bieber, being who was the best pitcher in baseball in 2020. That's hard to do. What I'm saying is that the command and control is that good, and he has that potential with his fastball and the other three offerings to really break through. Super excited about this guy. Excited to watch him over full season, and I think he really takes off in rankings. And I'm already pretty aggressive on him. I have him like sometimes guys like this I try to get ahead of the curve on. So I've got him like my 37th prospect, which is like pretty extreme, I think. But I want to get ahead of the curve on the guys that I think can really be breakouts, and Kirby's that guy for me. Yeah, yeah, you should be behind him. He's like, you know, the right-handed version of Nick Lodolo. Both, you know, great stuff, great command profiles. Like we said each of their stats. Like it was like 18 um, innings pitched, no walks, and 20 innings pitched, no walks. Um, these types of guys that it's easier to add velocity and you know have your stuff take up than it is to add command like it's harder to do that you can but it's harder to do that so definitely like um george, george kirby a lot he's a you know, he's got a pair up with emerson hancock um, up there logan gilbert you know that could be a ridiculous trio in a handful of years for seattle to go with all that offensive talent they have so seattle is a team to a uh, team to watch over the next handful of years and um so i'm gonna go for my next guy here uh, 33rd pick in the you know the infamous 2019 draft class. Brennan Malone was drafted by the Arizona Diamondbacks, but then was traded over to Pittsburgh um, last year. Another guy, 6'4", 205, four-pitch arsenal led by a plus fastball, plus slider. Um, those are ridiculously good pitches. Like th- Those two combo right there, uh, that, that's just bread and butter. That's what gets him gets him his strikeouts. Um Fastball sits mid nineties, can touch the upper registers with good life. Sliders mid eighties, really sharp two plane break. He's just got a very lively arm. Like it doesn't look like he's just gonna th- throw ninety six, ninety seven. Then it just it just hunkers in on you. So 
Um, love his arm. Love those lively arms. This is easy velocity. Um, very strong athletic fr- frame as well. Uh, fairly clean delivery. It does have a little bit of effort in the follow through, mostly like with some head whack. But the overall the mechanics are pretty solid. Um, nothing too too worried about there. Also mixes in a curveball and changeup. Both of those, you know, they're well behind, but it should be at least you know major league average offerings. Uh, maybe you know, hopefully he can develop. You know, maybe that changeup to be above average um, to go with the, that dynamic fastball slider combination. Command and control, uh, he's not quite there yet. Um, you know, he walked you know, a good amount in his debut. Um, there was only eight, eight innings. We did walk five there. Um, but he's a young arm. I think he can definitely has time to – he's only 19 right now, so definitely has time to improve that, work on that part of his game. The one thing, though, like Pittsburgh is not – they haven't had the greatest track record recently of developing prospects. Um, so like, this is not a Cleveland system. This is not a Tampa. This is not a Los Angeles Dodgers. It's not a Houston. So that part does concern me a little bit, but at the same time, don't let it shy you away too, too much from Brennan Malone. Cause this is a very high upside arm upside of a, a mid rotation guy that can get you plenty of strikeouts, solid ratios. Won't be an elite ratio guy for, probably, but you know, like a mid up, you know, three, six, three, seven ERA guy, you know, one two to one two five whip in that range. Probably you know a tick over you know, nine strikeouts per nine. Um, so it's, can do a little bit of everything well. Um, this is really one of the more projectable arms in the minor leagues that can really shoot up rankings here with with a good twenty twenty one. So he's definitely one I will be keeping an eye on uh, this year moving forward, and one that I, I have a few shares of him in dynasty leagues, and I'm trying to get him in a few others. So um, definitely a great buy in dynasty leagues. Yeah, I like that a lot. I'm excited about. But long, long term, I'm going to stick here in the Pittsburgh system. Actually, we mentioned that they've not had the best track record of developing, but here's the hoping yeah. that that <laughs> changes moving forward for Pirates fans for sure. So the next guy is Tanaj Thomas. Thomas is a very athletic six foot four flamethrower. He was actually an infielder um, back in the day before he the Indians signed him and converted him into a pitcher. Um, 2019, he increased his fastball velo by a good bit, and he was able to top out over 100 miles an hour fairly often, actually, uh, which is excellent, very excellent velo there when you can get up that high. Like other Pirates pitchers, I see, it seems to be a system thing here. Um, he's very reliant on that fastball, and I think that's something that we need to see him kind of move away from, and we need to see increased usage of his slider and his changeup. If he wants to be successful at the next level, he's definitely going to have to do that. He's going to have to develop the changeup more. He's going to have to not be as reliant on the fastball. He's definitely a bullpen risk. Um, the command still needs some refining, but I think it's highly possible that he takes the next step in 2021, that he improves into a solid prospect that with mid-rotation potential, but there is some bullpen risk here. Definitely some bullpen risk, so keep an eye on that. But right now he's pretty cheap. Like I don't, you're not going to pay a lot to acquire him, and there's definitely some potential. So it could be worth a flyer if you have the spot in a dynasty league to to get Thomas on your team. Yeah, and, and now is the time to get Thomas on your team because he's people are starting to notice him. You know, especially in in the prospect rankings that he's really shooting up. That's even 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 mine. So uh, yeah, definitely get him now because his price is probably going to keep going up especially with a good 2021. Uh, now for my, you know, my last two guys here that I mentioned, both from the same team in the AL East, unfortunately not from my Red Sox, 
but at least it's not from the Yankees either. That's a good thing. Even though they, they do have some good pitching talent here, but these two guys I'm going to mention are from the Toronto Blue Jays here. My first one, um, before Chris gets to his last couple here, Adam Kloffenstein. Love that name, Kloffenstein. It's not like someone yelling at you in German. Kloffenstein. Um, great name. Uh, six, a big dude, 6'5", 245. I think that's lying. I think he's more like 260. And, he, and he's a athletic, too. And he's in shape. That's not like he's like a fat 260. He's a very, very buff 260. Uh, 2018 draft pick. That's a that's a change. Um, third round pick. Um, 2019, he really, really shined. And uh, he only had, you know, he had two innings pitch in 2018. But 2019, in the, uh, the short season Northwest League with Vancouver, uh, pitched 13 starts, 64 and a third innings. Struck out exactly, basically batter per inning, 64 strikeouts. Uh, walk rate was uh, 3.2 batters per nine, a 2.24 ERA, 109 WHIP. So pretty solid debut. And then he kind of took a different route in 2020. Went and played indie ball um, down in Texas in the Constellation Energy League, which is where the Sugarland Skeeters are. And when I was looking up, you know, him for these notes before we came on the podcast. There's also another team in that league called the Sugarland Lightning Sloths, which might be my new favorite name, or at least top five minor league team, the Lightning Sloths. I don't know how in the world you put lightning and sloth together, but it's great. I got to go look to see like what their mascot looks like, because that has to be freaking awesome. It's one of the one of the many, many reasons why I love minor league baseball is for a little stuff like that, um, that they add to the atmosphere, which is great. Um, but getting back to Kloppenstein as, as the pitcher, you know, he's not one of these high upside guys. Um, he's probably more of like a mid rotation innings eating type of guy. You know, low nineties heavy fastball, and I say that he's got really good run and sink. Really bores in on right handed pitcher on right handed batters. Secondary is consists of a changeup curve and a slider. Curveball is kind of fringe average pitch. Both the slider and the changeup project as above average offerings. Very clean, repeatable delivery. Maintains his velocity deep in the starts as well. He's probably never going to be a huge source of strikeouts. You know, maybe you know right around the strikeout per inning or a tick below. But like I mentioned, he has the frame to just eat a ton of innings. He'll be a volume guy too. So while he might not have the the you know high strikeout rate, he'll probably still have more strikeouts than some of the guys that have better rates because he's a big guy that eats like I said, a ton of innings, 182. He might be a 200 inning guy, which is becoming more and more rare these days um, as the years go on. But um, He's just a bulldog, dude. You see him on the mound. This guy's an absolute bulldog. You even go look at his baseball reference page. Like the dude looks like he's gonna beat you up. He's just staring at you with this angry, angry stare. Like he's gonna jump through the screen and just punch you right in the face. So I, I love that. You know, kind of reminds me of like Jake Peavy. He was a freaking bulldog back in the day. I love those bulldog types. I just attack you. They're fiery. I love it. Uh, looks like he could be another one of those guys. Uh, gets a lot of ground balls too. So I'm um, definitely more of a, like a high floor arm as opposed to a high ceiling arm. Uh, but one that probably, uh, for that reason, is going a little bit under the radar. So great, great value right now. Oh, yeah, I've, I agree. I've really liked Kloffenstein for a while, and I love the name as well. I think he's just, again, under the radar. You can get a good value and get a nice floor pick there. I'm going to go back to the Indian system for my last pitching riser here, and that's Joey Cantillo. Cantillo, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that last name. The Indians just traded for him in the Mike Clevenger deal. And when the Indians trade for a pitcher, I often pay attention because <laughs> what they can do. The other two guys I mentioned in Hankins and Espino, they drafted, but this guy they traded for, um, he was one of the bigger pieces in the deal for Clevenger and giving up Clevenger was a pretty big deal for them. So left-handed pitcher, 
he really took off in his first full season last year. He posted a, a 2.26 ERA uh, with 144 strikeouts and his 34 walks and 111 innings between two Class A levels. He's never going to overpower you with his stuff, uh, but he does have very advanced pitchability for his age. Still only 20 years old, but he pitches much more maturely than that. Uh, his best pitch right now is probably his changeup, and he sets that up with a fastball that – Sits in the low 90s. It's not ideal velocity at 90-92, but he does top at 94-95, and that below could still be developing um, given his young age. So I do like the potential for growth there. He also features a solid curveball in there. Quite a quirky delivery here, but he repeats it very easily, which is always a good thing. Pounds the strikes on. I think he has a very solid floor and the makings of a Nice mid-rotation starter here. And again, I love how the Indians develop pitchers. You can see that by the three Indians pitchers that I've mentioned here. But we've seen what they've done time after time again with starting pitching. And I really like Joey Cantillo here. I think that he could be a big riser in 2021. I definitely agree. Now, you've mentioned a few Indians. I've mentioned a few Dodgers. One in doubt, if you're like deciding between these two pitching prospects, whether it's to trade for them or whatnot, go for the one with the better system, especially if they're in Cleveland, Tampa Bay, San Diego, uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, Houston, got some of those top orgs. Uh, We've been mentioning all night. You see a trend there. And my last arm of the night here, another Blue Jay, Simeon Woods Richardson, former Met, uh, second-round pick by the Mets back in 2018, came to Toronto along with Anthony Kay, a lefty, in the Marcus Stroman deal in 2019. Uh, really, really strong athletic frame from Woods Richardson, who mostly would just call SWR, so they don't have to pronounce, say all of his names. Uh, SWR, 6'3", 210. He's a great he's a great mix of his arsenal, feel, command. Not quite a Lodolo Kirby, but uh, definitely an above-average command guy. Four-pitch arsenal, fastball, curve, changeup and uh, kind of like a slider-cutter hybrid that he'll toy with the velocity on. Uh, fastball sits mid-90s right now, touching 98 or so with really good life. Curveball is a 12-6, to 6, just a hammer. Uh, upper 70s, plenty of depth on that. That's a, that's a main strikeout pitch. Both the uh, that slider-cutter hybrid and the changeable set low to mid-80s. Uh, I guess I mentioned he'll, he'll kind of toy with the velocity on that slider and into the upper 80s at times. They're not in a cutter, but both great as, you know, at least average, but probably above average at times. That changeup's really kind of made strides over the last year or two since he was drafted. That was kind of a below average pitch, a fringe pitch, uh, a weakness of his, but he's really made strides with that, which you'd love to see out of, out of a young arm. Uh, and, and he's still really young, too. I think he, I don't think, I think he's even turned 20 yet, or if he did, he just turned 20. So he pitched uh, most of the 19, 2019 season at 18 years old, um, and he had pretty, pretty solid success there between the uh, South Atlantic League and the high A Florida State League. Um, was that 380 ERA, 113 whip, two walks per nine, 10 and a half strikeouts per nine as an 18-year-old, one of the long, younger guys at those levels. So uh, that's very, very impressive there. He's, he's already a top 100 prospect for me and continuously rises up. Like I mentioned, you know, that's pretty solid command and control profile with him as well. Very lively arm out of a high three-fourth arm slot, which really helps that that break on that curveball. A little bit of effort, but does repeat his delivery well. Um, so that's nice to see. And another kind of bulldog type guy, too. Very, very intense guy on the mound. 
uh, loves to attack hitters, not not afraid to attack hitters. Which another another thing I look for guys that just aren't afraid to attack with their offerings. Guys that have confidence in their stuff. That's really huge. Um, and and Woodsardson definitely has that. Um, probably looking at. I think he could be a number two starter. I really do. Guy that has pretty solid ratios, low like you know three two three three ERA, low one WHIP, um, over a strikeout per inning. Um, definitely, definitely love. So, I mean, which are just in here moving forward, even though he's probably going to give me nightmares uh, in a few years once he gets to the major leagues against my Red Sox. But uh, I'll take because I have a few shares of him in dynasty leagues. But that's going to wrap us up. A lot of good names here. I think we covered like 15, 16 names or so. Um, we could have done 16 more. We really could. But we'll get out of here right now as we're approaching the hour mark of this podcast. Thank you again to everyone for tuning in again this week in episode four and for the support through these first four episodes. It's been absolutely wonderful. You know, Chris and I have just been blown away by the support we've been getting. So thank you to everyone. And we will be back same time next week with some more prospecty goodness for you. But until then, everyone take care.